You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 42. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Hey, everyone. I hope your week is going well. If not, don't be disappointed. That's just how life goes sometimes, you know? That's what I want to talk to you about today is getting stuck in disappointment and then sending yourself down the chute as in the game of shoots and ladders. Do you remember playing that as a kid? Yeah, I do. It was one of my favorites and just wanted to let you know that there will be times that there are shoots in the game of life, right? And hopefully they're short, not too long, but honestly, it's up to you how far you fall. So as a life coach, I've learned that it isn't my experiences or circumstances or even the roll of a dice that toss me in the chute. It's really how I decide to respond to it. So if you want a better life, my friends, you have to be a better person and that's it. The first step is to stop being disappointed. Disappointment is an indulgent emotion that we can get stuck in. Disappointment is a sticky emotion, very much like flypaper. It hinders progress and holds us back from where we really want to go. Great for catching pesky flies, but not for thoughts. Indulging in disappointment can also be a dream killer because we often stop what we're supposed to be doing according to our schedules or our food protocols. And then what happens? Yeah. The dream is delayed. We've all gone through it. This is really hard to notice because we think that disappointment is innocuous or just one of those human emotions that comes and goes. But what I've discovered is that it's really lethal actually for your relationships, your goals, your Catholic life, and your prayer and fasting. There is just no reason to feel it for more than a moment and quickly move on shifting into the feeling of acceptance and improvement because it happens. Betterment is tough. It takes discipline and overcoming disappointment. When we stop wallowing in disappointment and start trusting God with outcomes, then we start creating really powerful futures. This we must learn. We pray, we fast, we keep moving forward, and we trust that God will give us our heart's desire in the end because he knows us so much better than we even know ourselves. We must trust him rather than sitting in disappointment because the past is the past and I'm learning to make peace with it, learn from it, and move on toward a better future. A future that includes design and structure as much as I can control. A future of discipline in lifting up my mind to God, taking his hand and letting him lead me to exactly where he wants me to go. He never leads me to the shoots of disappointment. Never. So I call this future action with God disciplining disappointment. And it's imperative to making sure you live the best life you can live. So do you want a better life? then start building a better you and stop being disappointed. When you're able to discipline your disappointment, then you can make great changes in your life because you are opening up your heart to consider your life as just one person's very important journey of the human experience with God. This is your journey of loving others. This is your adventure to heaven. And this is exciting. 
but it does take work. It's a bit like the game of shoots and ladders that I mentioned before. We all remember that game as a kid where the big blue ribbon was on square 100 in the top left corner and you had to make your way from the bottom to the top while climbing ladders and falling down chutes. And you know, wasn't it disappointing to fall down that chute? Of course it was. Yes and yes, but it is just part of life. Everybody falls down chutes and that's okay, but we must pick ourselves up and look for those ladders that are just around the corner. So what if chutes and ladders is like the human experience and that big blue ribbon is heaven and the path to get there involves climbing the ladders of virtue and sliding back down the chutes of vice and then trying again. I would say that the Catholic version needs a little confessional somewhere on the board, maybe a couple times. And of course, you know, some churches with mass with the Eucharist at probably every ladder. But anyway, in the game, you roll the dice as if to put the law of averages into play that if you hang in there long enough, you will eventually get up to the big blue ribbon, especially if you focus on the goal of who you are becoming on the journey. That is the goal is to focus on the goal of who you are becoming. This is it. And that person depends on receiving the sacraments, the Eucharist, confession, and adoration. These are the weekly bolts of grace that everyone needs to encounter more ladders than shoots. So Catholic fasting and all of life truly is about who you are becoming, getting better every day, no matter how long it takes or how many shoots you may have to slide down. This is the journey to sainthood, and it involves how well you respond to every little struggle that you encounter. How will you respond to financial struggles? What about food struggles, weight struggles, faith struggles, children struggles, financial struggles, all of them, all of them. And I said financial twice. That's okay. We all have financial struggles. Will you offer all of this pain in this struggle to God with resolve and belief that he will solve them? Or will you give up and fly down the biggest chute with ease, never minding the battle, just denying it? Well, I hope you will stay in the battle. For one thing, Catholic fasting helps with all these struggles. The fasting is changing me as a person for the better because the fasting helps me focus on God and his promise for me as well as the peace that he gives me in return for my struggles. He literally makes something beautiful from these challenges every single time. In our Keep Fasting Membership Book Club, we are reading and doing the Eat Fast Feast book by Jay Richards. And this membership is for all of my alumni clients who have already graduated from my Delay and Pray course or who are in the present course right now. And I'm loving the refocus of eating, fasting, and feasting as Jay describes it. It isn't exactly my program, but because I've become an expert in fasting, all that he does in this book has become easier, even the really long fasts. So lately, I've been focusing on my fasting windows. These windows are the amount of time that I'm not eating anything with calories so that my body can rest and repair and my discipline can increase and it's working. Whether that fasting time is the three or four hours between your meals or a 16 hour or an 18 hour fasting window, I am striving to maintain that fast for spiritual purposes. And then if I fail, I just treat it like an experiment, looking for the obstacles that are getting in my way so that I can change them into stepping stones and eventually find those ladders that will will enable me to move up those squares. So dividing my life into eating, fasting, and feasting windows really disciplines it and helps me pray, trust, and wait with confidence through all the windows, leaning on Jesus the whole way.
This fasting journey is really interesting to look at in the context of shoots and ladders. I've actually thought about this for a long time, so I'm glad I'm finally doing a podcast on it. I'm just learning a lot about myself and about these pesky unconscious thoughts that drive my decisions. It's kind of crazy. And the most beautiful thing is that I can change those obstacles, those unconscious thoughts that have me sailing down the chutes into stepping stones right up the ladders. I can change them because I can actually, I can actually stop them and catch them. It's interesting. I absolutely love the regimen and it helps me reach my goals and you can do it too. I have just a few really important goals in my life, and these goals are so important for my body and soul, and I'm really focusing on them. My goal of weighing in at 145 pounds has always been essential to me. When I am at this weight, I feel strong and lean and fit into all my clothes with ease. In that space, my eating and drinking habits are phenomenal. My prayer and fasting routines are efficacious and running like clockwork, and my life is actually at its best as far as I can control it but it is taking me so long to rid myself of the diet mentality and these unconscious thoughts that revolve around the diet mentality that I've had in there for a really long time. One by one, I'm picking them off and not thinking about them anymore. And it's basically the thought is, you know, it's not just the weight loss goal. In fact, that's just a little bitty part of it. It's the person who I am becoming along the way. It's the many tears and obstacles that I've had to endure along the way. It's the twists and the turns of life that get in the way that had me turning to food a while back. And I'm learning not to do that. I'm learning to just turn over to God in his mystery and his love and just let him solve it all. And I'm trusting him. And I do, I do trust him. And I believe he has my back at all times. After all, he is in charge of doing the impossible. So why am I not letting him do just that? It is time. And he will help me find every ladder, especially that really big one that lands me on square 84. And I love ascending that one. It's quick, it's satisfying, and it's the one that I get to climb when I trust in God. Because of this, I've stopped being disappointed Honestly, it's just a waste of my time. The person who I'm becoming along the way with Catholic fasting is learning that buffering with food and alcohol is just a way of not dealing with reality. It's a way to not deal with hard work. It's a way to deal with uneasy feelings that I don't want to feel. And it's not dealing with the day-to-day disappointment of life that inevitably comes, but just as quickly passes if I think about it correctly. It is in the spiritual fasting where I notice that I'm wrestling with God about keeping my own sins and idols around food and alcohol and just other things. It is here where I find the patience and humility from God to endure. It's all this on my way to 145 that is the real result. And if I would have decided not to pursue such an impossible lofty goal for myself so many years ago, then I never would have learned what I am learning right now, that I can do hard things, that I can do hard things in Christ and for Christ. Just like Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. These last few weeks, the book club group that I was telling you about has been combining the regimen from the book I mentioned, Eat Fast Feast with St. Michael's Lent, and it has been so efficacious for me. So again, this is, is the body and the soul coming together 
as the composite. Well, St. Michael's Lent began on August 15th with the Feast of the Assumption of the Virgin Mary and ends on September 29th with the Feast of St. Michael and the Holy Angels. It's a little fall Lent that is a devotional that was developed from St. Francis of Assisi, and it is all about spiritual warfare and the power of St. Michael and our Holy Mother Mary. So we are halfway through, and I have experienced so many miracles already, as well as this beautiful, renewed fasting discipline that is making me feel just I don't know, it's just so good in body and soul. I am realizing that these penitential times of the church year, done in solidarity as a group effort, such as Lent, St. Michael's Lent, Advent, and the International Prayer and Fasting Week that is coming up in October, are done really well in community with the whole body of Christ praying and fasting for one another. The experience is so much more meaningful as a group as we literally are supporting one another with our prayers and fasting. The community aspect helps us climb way more ladders than fall down the chutes. And if I do fall down the chute, because even I do that, I'm greeted by lots of other women that fell right before me. And in fact, they are there to catch me and let me know that they fell for the same thing. And then we process forward together in faith to try again. One of my favorite motivational speakers, who's pretty old, um, his name's Jim Rohn, and he says this, beware of the thief on the street that will steal your purse and beware of the thief in your mind that will steal your promise. Okay. We know that often enough that this thief in our mind is the evil one trying to steal our peace. And we know that he sows little thoughts that are lies to move us into disappointment. He sows little thoughts of this diet mentality that's all about us in our minds to steal our peace because it's never about us when we're trying to lose weight. It's always about others. And that's what we want to concentrate on. What Jim is saying in his quote is that we go to great lengths to protect ourselves and possessions when we're out and about locking our doors, securing our purses, ensuring our health, our homes, our cars. But do we protect our minds from the evil one when he comes to sow doubt, discouragement, and disappointment in our lives? That is what we need to really focus on. And some of these thoughts are unconscious, like I was saying, and we need to find them and root them out. Well, here are some thoughts that will take you down a shoot after shoot and steal the promise that God has for you. Here are a couple of them. Oh boy, I failed again. I always do this. This will never work. That was a terrible idea. I am the only one that this happens to. I'm so embarrassed. Oh dear God, I'm hardly eating anything and the scale is not even budging. Other people really have it together. And then there's me. I'm so disappointed in my family. We spent all that money for Catholic school and they don't even stay in the church. Wow, we should have never done that. Oh, and all that money we gave to the church, look at what a waste that has been. Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself, my country, the Pope, our government, oh, and on and on and on. I hate to even say these thoughts and I'm sorry to be so negative, but these are the tiny little thoughts that will keep you from fasting. It'll keep you eating in your fasting window and overeating in your, in your eating window. So these are the thoughts that you have to catch and you have to root them out because they don't serve you. These thoughts are just plain thievery. They rob you of peace. They leave you in discouragement and heading straight for the pantry. So you can easily shift them into great thoughts right now. 
leaving you with a totally confident feeling. How do you do this? Well, you discipline the disappointment and you pray and fast. If the church isn't going how you want it to go, if your family isn't praying at the mass like you would love them to do, pray and fast for them in hope and confidence in God. And don't let the thief steal your promise. God gives you the promise. The evil one cannot steal it unless you open the door and let him with those negative thoughts shift them. God is so merciful. Where there are shoots, he provides even more ladders. If you go down, I can guarantee you that St. Michael and his holy angels are setting up more ladders for you to go up, but you have to look for them. You have to shift to the ladders. Don't let yourself lay down next to the bottom of a chute. You have to get up, get up. You have to keep moving. Try something else. Listen to a podcast. Put your thoughts through the model. Review what happened. Why did you fail? What else can you try? This is the shift. This is the shift. There's always something you can think positively and something you can do for the future. Find support in your community. Reach out, like continuously reach out to others. Be relentless. I once had a business coach who was fantastic. Her name was Lisa Canning. And I asked her how she remained positive with all the pressures of having her own business. And at the time, 10 kids. And she replied with her usual beautiful smile, Beth, I have decided to be relentless. Wow, that is amazing. And I often borrow her thought. So what if each one of us had a personal shoots and ladder game and we could see our journey all the way through like a map my ride app that gives you your entire route that you travel while you ran or biked. So what if it was on a big square and showed your shoots and ladders over time? where you went down the chute and where you went up the ladder, where do you think you would be on the scale of one to hundred? Interesting to think about. So this is just fun. This is what we are doing practically every day. Are your thoughts urging you to climb ladders or are they pushing you down chutes? And then you lay there crying. You have all you need to figure this out. God has given you everything to do it. Making big, audacious weight loss goals in the name of spiritual fasting and doing it with virtue and grit and mind management, and then experimenting every step of the way will have you on the most amazing and painful journey you can imagine because you will start out going down the chute and crying at the bottom, but this must be part of the process. Failing is part of the process, but giving up in the name of disappointment looks like just staying there, just laying there and even seeking another chute to sail down because why not? One of those thievery unconscious thoughts, they come in and then you're like, well, it takes great effort to climb the ladder. So many tedious things involved. It takes no effort to fall down a chute. So you just fall down the chute. Yeah. You get to decide. There are going to be shoots. The best and most Catholic way to handle a shoot is to feel disappointment for a moment and accept that you fell into it and get up and do something else. Intellectually, I know there are shoots. Got it. Now make the sign of the cross, summon up your guardian angel and the entire spiritual realm for help and have a good cry if you need to and get up. See, the point is, even if you don't feel better, even if you feel terrible, something very good is happening that you may not actually see for months. This is called faith. Faith is challenging and honing in on it will get you climbing ladders, especially when you don't feel like climbing, which is most of the time when you begin. Remember the scripture from Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, 
Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. From this scripture, we understand that the central component of faith is confidence or trust in God, but we usually can't see it. We take action anyway, just believing in it. So as a Catholic, I know that the object of faith is God and his great promise of heaven to me and to you is there. It just takes faith. He simply does not disappoint. I can be disappointed in myself. I can allow you to disappoint me, but God never disappoints and cannot be disappointed. He can't. He's God. At the end of my journey, I will surely be judged because he is a God of justice and mercy for my own good and the good of others because he wants me to be with him forever. He's banking on it. And he wants me to stop hurting others because he knows that when I go through the first judgment, the absolute worst pain will come from how I hurt others and caused immense pain maybe even to the people I love, maybe even cause them to go down many chutes instead of encouraging them to climb ladders. Yikes. I do not want to do that. I'd rather learn how to love like God loves. This is the essence of prayer and fasting. It's the absolute least selfish thing you can do because it is one of the hardest things you can do. We want to get so good at climbing ladders that we are helping others all the time, but this side of heaven, there's going to be shoots. So accept it when you fall and get back up, progressing forward one virtue stronger than before. You have to have agency to do this. You must work at it. We are each called to a mission here. You are not saved by saying, Lord, Lord, I am yours. You are going to have to work out your salvation with God's grace. In the Catechism 1949 and Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13, it says this, divine help comes to him in Christ through the law that guides him and the grace that sustains him. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for God is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Amen. We must work out our salvation, do good things, stay out of disappointment, read the books, take the classes, review the notes, set big goals, but don't compromise your values on the way. Accept that whatever mission you have been given by God, it's going to take work. It's going to involve shoots and ladders. Don't be disappointed in this. Just embrace and move on. So to do this, you're going to have to work harder on yourself than on your job. Building up virtue while you change bad habits into good ones is going to take effort and time. Don't use your past as an excuse. Think of it as your training ground. Forgive what has been done and use it for good. This is what God always does, which is why there is no room for disappointment. I heard a story the other day that struck me. A grown man was telling a story about when he was a little seven-year-old boy, he was up on the altar of a church with lots of other kids who were preparing for first communion, and he was suddenly asked by a pastor a question. He said to him, who created the world? Well, this little boy was suddenly struck with fear and nervousness. And he said into the microphone, we, we, when I heard this, I laughed so hard because I have little kids myself, but they're, well, they're adults now, but they were little. And I, I laughed so hard at this because even as a former teacher and a mother, little kids are often in their own little creative worlds and all kids are different. Some are really good at being called on suddenly and some aren't. Well, obviously this little guy probably didn't even hear the question. He regretted his response immediately. He went on to describe that his parents were really disappointed. Well, of course they were. Which of us devout Catholic parents who teach our kids day in, day out, wouldn't be shocked at this answer and even beyond disappointment, maybe even horrified. I'm raising my hand here. You know what the truth is? This man is one of the most brilliant and funny and successful people I know. And he was seven. No disappointment necessary. 
everything turned out just fine. We all make these mistakes. Sometimes we're seven and we just make mistakes and we go down the chute. So I'm so glad they didn't lock him up somewhere with the catechism, that's for sure, but he turned out great. And same for you, Catholic fasting expert out there. Same for you. When you fail every once in a while, everything's going to turn out just fine. Give yourself a break no matter what is happening and just figure it out. You have everything going for you. Your amazing brain, the sacraments, tools, community support, and of course, God. He's always in your corner with all the answers. Just ask him. It's going to take faith because he can only work as fast as he knows you need. And that's kind of hard sometimes. So as you are using your past as a training ground, see the future as a promise from God, not with apprehension, but with anticipation. Anticipation is the promise. This is what Jim Rohn always says. You must believe in your future that is a promise from God, and then you must plan it out accordingly with clear design. When the path is clear, you can literally see it in your mind. Maybe you just see the pieces that make sense. This is visionary, and it is available to everyone with practice because it involves using your imagination, and imagination is a true gift from God, available to everyone. Easier for some than others, but always available. If you can envision the goal coming true, literally feel it and sit in it, then falling down a few shoots will be worth it. I have a book coach right now, and this is what she says, based in the feeling that it is done. And I love that. I actually do that. I literally close my eyes and envision this beautiful book that we're writing in my hands, all done. It feels so good. And then I get to work because I have to do the work to get the results every time. But the actual feeling drives me into the work with love and abundance. And that's what I love about it. So do you have a financial goal, a weight goal, a health goal, an impossible miracle that you're fasting for right now? Make that goal clear. Know in your heart that it's a promise to you from God and have a really good thought model with a robust action line to get you there. Accept all the obstacles along the way and turn them into stepping stones. This is life. And then leave the outcome or promise to God and concentrate on the person who you are becoming on the way, on the journey. Focus more on your behavior rather than the job, the goal, or the weight. And I promise you it'll happen. Do you have a goal of being 145 pounds like me? Not for the vanity, but for the person you become when you get there. Strong, courageous, resilient a ladder climber. These are the words I'm practicing in my mind in the best sense of the way these words. And add to that, grow, change, develop, be a better Catholic, a better mother, a better friend, a better wife. This is striving for heaven, not just for me, but for all those around me. And it works for all the goals. Do you have a goal of being a millionaire? Not for the money, but for who you become when you get there? The words that come to mind here would be value-oriented, virtuous, helping others, giving to others, being present to our family, building a legacy, believing harder than you work. This is all possible, not for actually achieving the goals as much as for who you become when you get there. That's what we're in for. That's what we're doing. Becoming a saint is the real shoots and ladders game and Catholic fasting will surely get you there. You can do this. I know you can. Oh, I hope this podcast was inspiring for you. And if you think a friend could use the information, 
please share it and subscribe and leave a five-star review if you would. So others will hear the great message of Catholic fasting and learning to fast off sugar, flour, and alcohol, especially on Wednesdays and Fridays this year. Have a great week, my friends. Never be disappointed. Keep praying and fasting. And I will talk to you next week. May God bless you and keep you always. Bye-bye. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always. 